Coming up on Super Boothers, Brian and I discuss the most common reasons boothers fail and what you can do to avoid falling into that trap. Stay tuned. This episode of Super Boothers is sponsored by Photobooth CRM. You can't work on your business if you spend all your time stuck working in your business. PBCRM saves you time by automating things like sending instant quotes with availability checks, creating contracts and invoices, following up with leads, and keeping track of payments. Do yourself and your business a favor. Check out Photobooth CRM's 14-day free trial at photoboothcrm.com. My name is Ryan. And I'm Ismail. We're so happy to join you on your car ride to work. If you have a job, not everyone does. Why are people? Because they're, they're successful, no. <laughs> successful boosters. It's like starting to get mean at this point. <laughs> yeah, you're doing online bullying. I get mean. Yes, the podcast bullying. It's a thing now. Yeah. So, speaking of successful boosters. Yes. We're going to discuss today. Do you know any? Of course. Oh, okay. We're going to discuss today. Common reasons boothers fail. We're so, so obsessed with failure. We got it because we want to avoid it. Okay. We want to succeed. I'll buy that. And this is something. If you're in our Facebook group, we started a thread asking people, and it got a lot of activity. Like, why do you think other people fail, and why haven't you failed yet? And I've taken some notes on. I think I'm a failure every day. You're just not in the mood to do this. Anymore. No, I no no. I seriously really do. Like, I think that the second that you become Whatever you think is successful or whatever, you become complacent. Yeah. I don't think that I ever want to reach that point to where I feel like I'm like... Well, I wouldn't go so far as to say I feel like a failure. I always want to get better. But, but at what point does like... Success really doesn't have a cap, so... Right. It doesn't mean you're a failure. It just means that you want to get higher and higher up the ladder. Oh, okay. So I thought that was like a marijuana comment for... Never mind. Continue. Ryan... I thought you'd be better because you just no, ate. No, not even. You were hungry. <laughs> we gave you food, and you're getting worse. Whatever. Continue. Okay, so there was a common number of things that people brought up and that I actually agree with. And I'll just go through some of these with you, Ryan, about, for example. Is this from the Facebook group? Yes. Oh, these are actual comments? These were actual comments. Lovely. And one of them is responding too slowly. Mm. And this is something that I've actually seen in my experience where – uh, before I implemented a CRM system that automatically sent quotes to people, I was doing it that all manually. And I can definitely remember a few instances where I responded too slow and I lost a gig. And it wasn't even that slow. It was like minutes. It took me yeah. minutes to respond. And then the person wrote back and said, sorry, book someone else. I'm Bye. like, dude, it was literally like 12 minutes. How did you book someone else? So responding not quick enough. I think is a reason that a lot of people fail because you're losing out on gigs. I think that it used to be, oh, we'll get back to you within 24 hours. That time has long yes. gone. You need to get someone practically within 60 minutes. And it doesn't have to be an intimidating thing. Like back in the day, it was something where I was like, oh, my God, how am I going to reply to everybody instantly? But there are systems and tools out there that you can use that allow you to do that. So it makes it easier to respond quickly. Another thing that we've touched on in past episodes a lot is following up. 
And you can't underestimate the importance of following up with people in order to convert them. So there's a lot of statistics out there, and uh, I forgot the exact number, but we've mentioned it before, where a huge majority of sales happen after like the third or fourth follow-up. Mm-hmm. It doesn't happen in the first discussion with the sure. client. So rarely does it. Rarely. It does happen, but rarely. It does. And you have their like certain shoppers that will come in. That's actually something that I added to my intake form. That's kind of a thing is I have like a little lightning bolt that said, how fast are you looking to book this? One meaning I'm just looking five, meaning I need to book it yesterday. That I found help. Why? How does that help? What? Like what's your, what's your goal with it? If someone puts one, I know that they're not really like in a buying mode. Five is we need to book something yesterday, meaning I have to book something now. Mm-hmm. There are certain photo booths really kind of go either way. We really don't get a lot of shoppers. We'll get people that are looking and they're looking to book quick. I think I have more of that than I do of actual shoppers. Well, there's always shoppers where they're comparing quotes from different vendors and uh, they're looking for events that are too far out. So. But the point is that you don't want to lose sight of the importance of following up. He actually brought something up to me. So there was a bridal show that happened where one of my friends said that she had a bride that was getting married in like 2021. And she's like, no one will talk to me. I'll talk to you. I am happy to take your deposit for however many years from now. Now, when you take a deposit for an event that far into the future, I won't. I won't. I won't. But you wouldn't lock the price in, right? No, absolutely not. You just take it to the deposit. I'm not sure I even want to be doing this six months from now, yet alone three years. Yeah, yeah. But again, guys, if you're not following up, that is something that you should focus on getting implemented ASAP because you're losing out on uh, potential revenue. It's not just about following up with leads. You also want to follow up with clients. You want to have some kind of system in place that follows up with people that haven't booked but also with people that have booked in the past to see if they need you for something else in the future. I think it'd be cool to like put in your CRM system to categorize if something is a yearly event versus a one-time event. So mm-hmm. obviously I'm not going to remarket to a person that got married with me, but I will remarket to a person that did like say their Christmas party with me. So that's an interesting idea. In my CRM, I don't market whether it's a one-time or a recurring event, but you can create different autoresponders per event type. So if it's like a wedding, you can send an autoresponder to follow up every year after their wedding date. That's so weird. I think we should limit that. You can do. You have the power to limit it. Do whatever you want. Okay. It's up to the. It's up to the boother. Okay. Just checking. <laughs> All right. Because I'm picky. Yeah. So another one that people brought up was how a lot of these boothers that don't make it seem to be terribly unorganized. They got papers all over the place. I do. They're writing things with pen and paper. They don't know. I write stuff on a napkin, forget where I put it. On post-its, and they forgot that they had an event post-its. today. That's a, that's a high-end thing if that's I get a it new on technology. A yeah, for sure. That's an advanced technology. Um, and then they have situations where they forgot they have an event. I think you had that happen too, Ryan, right? What? You had an event that day, and you didn't realize until someone checked Oh, in. that was a long time ago, but yes. I'm not, yeah, I'm not saying it was I'm like, this didn't happen last week, <laughs> but yes. So, hi, have, we're here. Uh, for what? Yeah. <laughs> so, being organized not only alleviates stress for you running your business, you also communicate something to your um, customer that you're a professional, right? And, and uh, obviously, there are systems in place that you can use to do that. A lot of CRMs have a calendar that you can just check, you know, and you can see ahead of time if you have events coming up and things of that nature. 
But this kind of leads into another reason that people fail is that they appear unprofessional. So I don't know about your neck of the woods, Ryan, Mm -hmm. but around here, when people shop for something like a booth or any kind of service, they don't just look up one person. They get quotes from multiple people. They look at multiple vendors and they decide who they want to go with. So obviously the way you present yourself matters a lot because you're going to be compared to your competitors. And if you're just uh, someone that doesn't present themselves favorably, they're not going to book you. That's also something that you have to do is be memorable in an email. Like whenever like you're going, like your customer is, let's say they're contacting five people and all those five people get back with them and all of them have like photo snap or tap or whatever in their name. How are you going to be different from anyone else's? And they all say the same exact thing. And they all have logos that have a mustache and a pair of glasses and a top hat. A top hat. Don't forget top hat. Yeah. Oh, yes. Wait, isn't that your logo? (laughs) No, sir. Not anymore? No, sir. Mm -hmm. Talking about way back in the day. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. I've seen that. Ryan, you should sit down. You're uh, you're moody when you stand up. I am. I'm moody, period. <laughs> I get upset because this is the thing is I am here to make you better. I'm not here to tell you what you want to hear. I'm not, I am tell this to you specifically every time you... He's talking to me, not yes, the listener. Not, no, not me. I'm sorry. I'm breaking the third ball here. So anyways, like that's the thing. Whenever I'm talking to Ismail and Ismail sends me a question, I'm going to give him an honest answer. Like I'm not going to give you something that appeases you or tells you what you want to hear. That's why I ask you my questions. I need the truth. Absolutely. That is what I am. The truth. <laughs> so don't email me or message me if you are going to get anything but. And just so, you know, I know the podcast is audio. You don't see the visual. But Mr. Ryan Salinas is standing. I'm standing right now. Towering, towering over me with his hands behind his back. Dressed, <laughs> dressed in all black. I am. Very intimidating. Going to a funeral. So... I don't know how I deal with this guy. I'm a vampire. But again, so there are things that you can do to appear more professional. Obviously, having a nice logo, like you said, um, the way you write your emails, but having something that organizes everything for you, a system, so that when people are dealing with you, they get the feeling that they're dealing with a professional and a professional company, not someone that just does this for fun on the side. The same thing goes for photo booth manufacturers, because there's a few that listen to this show, and... I doubt one is listening. However, I had a recent experience with a photo booth manufacturer, and it did not go very well. Mm-hmm. And Head to our Facebook group for all the drama. <laughs> no, or just message me, and I'll <laughs> spill the tea. Uh, so what ended up happening was the stuff that I experienced prior to didn't make me think favorable of this company even before I had the problem. So, for example, I purchased a product online. I didn't get a receipt. And then whenever I emailed for a receipt, I actually got, uh, it, it was like a blank newsletter. So like I got added to a mail, a mailing list. It automatically oh, sent God. me a Lorem Epsom newsletter. I'm like, oh, uh-uh, this just does not fly well with me. That just gets worse and worse. Then I got, so then I emailed, I said, hey, listen, can I get a receipt? And the receipt that I got had a zero balance, but didn't have the amount that I paid. I don't. I don't want a zero balance invoice. I want a paid invoice that says the amount I paid. This is not rocket science. Like, I'm not asking for much here. So, automatically, right off the bat, I had problems. So, for for very basic, simple things. I can only imagine what else is going on. But the problem there is that it sounds like it's difficult for this person because they're doing everything manually. 
Or no, they, they really weren't because I was getting automated stuff. The automated stuff just wasn't set up correctly. Well, that's just that's negligence. Just, that is negligence. You know what? That is the word du jour. What does that mean? Negligence. Oh, the jour. Of the day. <laughs> okay. I just came back from Paris, so sorry. I'm multilingual. So we agree on the importance of appearing professional and also handling yourself professionally. The other thing which is surprising to me, and I know we'll get Ryan mad, is that people, I guess unintentionally, make it difficult for customers to pay them money. I'm trying to give you money. Why is this difficult? Exactly. Oh, send me this email. Fill this out. Let me get that form, you. fax it to me. Let me get send you a, a carrier pigeon. Here's my contract. Send an owl. Print it out. No. Sign it. Stop. Scan it. No. And send it back to me. Shove it up your. Come on, guys. It's 2018. Yes. If I have to print out a piece of paper, sign it, and then scan it back in, or take a picture of it with my phone and give it back, this is 2018. We're past that. And I think a lot of people make it difficult. It's 2019. 2019. That's true. You know, at the turn of the year, it just takes me a while to, <laughs> to learn the new year. But they make it difficult, and you got to get out of your customer's way. Let them book you. Let them pay you, and don't make that difficult. So one thing that I might try this year is to do automated booking, like, without having to talk to me. Because right now I have people talk to me. Really? Yes. Why? Because I have really nice fluctuation with my pricing. Interesting. So, for example, if I were to do online booking, I would just have it probably be at a lower rate Mm -hmm. versus if I did, say, a glam booth or, you know, whatever, um, or green screen or any of that. I know that if I get a client that's a referral, depending on where the referral comes from, will depend on how much I can charge and almost truthfully get away with. That's that's interesting because I've learned from dealing with a lot of my CRM users that they would agree with you. They like to have the power and flexibility to not just send in all, like they want both, right? Yeah. So one of the cool things that I built into mine was that it gives you the ability, whether you want to turn the auto instant quotes on or off. Sure. That way it can hold it in exactly. a cage until you're ready to release it. Actually, it emails you that, Hey, this person asked for a quote. Here's the information. Do you want to send this to them or do you want to modify it? Really? Yes. How interesting. That is a unique feature, my friend. Is that something that I requested? You requested a lot of stuff. I did. <laughs> I don't you know, remember. And actually, that's how, whenever Ismail, whatever the hell your name is, whenever <laughs> we first met, that was one of the things that started really, I, I guess, the business relationship was he asked me my opinion on essentially creating the perfect CRM. And I'm like, I'm picky. There's a lot of things that I want. This is almost one of them. That's a big one. Yeah, it is a big one. That's a big one. So for people who want to have that control, this gives them that control. For other people, like I actually honestly leave the instant quote thing on most of the time. Because uh, in my business, the clients that I would charge more for, they kind of talk to yeah, me and directly. Yeah, they're not going to do the they don't, yeah. instant online no. take, none of it. Those corporate clients want to talk to me directly, and I handle that a little differently. Um and, of course, the other thing is a common, common thing that we beat down to death is people don't know their numbers. Mm. And I don't know if you want to beat it, beat it down again, but... 
For that, sure. Let me tell it for you one more time. Please proceed. Let me spell it out for you. If you don't know how much money you're making, how are you going to know how you're going to feed your family? How are you going to know how if you're going to be able to make your electric bill this month? How? Why do I have to sign into Facebook to pay my water bill? Wait, something else. Oh, my God. But you get the point. It's a big issue. And not only in the respect that we talk about with knowing your costs and knowing how much money you're making or not making or not making there's other metrics that you really need to understand like how many events do you do per month what's your average revenue per event average did you get ticket. average ticket did you get more leads this week than last week how many leads should you be getting a month how many, How many customers are you getting per what, month? Mo- what month is your best month? What month is your worst month? Yes. What days of the week are you available most often? Are you busier Saturdays? Or are you busier Sundays? Or are you busier Fridays? That's one thing that I noticed in my market was Saturday Saturday in any market is always going to be big. And, you know, that's a thing is whenever I say how many uh, – Saturday I have a three-hour minimum. So whenever people ask me, oh, do you have any discounts for a Sunday wedding? No, I don't. However, we do have a lower minimum. So you can say that this date is not in particular demand. I'm not discounting the value of what my product is, Mm -hmm. but I am easing back on what I require out of it. And again, this is something that may sound intimidating to people that are not, you know, tech savvy or whatnot. How do I track all these metrics? You just threw out a lot of numbers at me, but it's really not that complicated if you have the right tools. For example, in my system, there's a dashboard that as soon as you log in, I mean, I see all my metrics right there at my first glance. Did I pick it? I yes, picked it. you picked, you yeah, picked yeah, the design. It's so beautiful. And it's really, it's kind of simple. You sh- there's no reason people shouldn't be looking at these things. So that's my homepage. As soon as I get on my computer, I see how many leads came in this day, how many customers did I book last week or this week or whatever time period. And you get a real good sense, you know, in a few seconds of where your business is. If you have a moment, take a look at Ismail Software. It is photoboostcrm.com. Finally, my seventh item on this list mm. is a bigger mindset issue. And this is something that people kind of touched on in different indirect ways in our Facebook thread, which is, again, the issue that people get trapped working in their business that they don't invest on the business, whether that's with time money, resources, tools. And that to me is the real big thing here. And to be honest with you, I've been a, you know, I've done this before in the past as well, but I found that as you get more experience, as you grow, as you see what successful people do, you realize that you can't just look at what something costs. You have to look at the value it brings you, for example. So like I've, I've looked at buying other tools or other programs or other you know, uh, hardware, as I'm sure everyone else has, and you get stuck on the price tag. But you don't really factor in, hey, if I don't get this tool, I'm spending this many hours per month doing it my way. So, again, it's just the concept of investing in things that help you grow your business so you're not trapped. For example, typing up contracts for every person, typing up invoices for every person, checking payments manually, things like that really hold you back from doing the things that you should be doing, which is booking more business. Not only that, it wastes money. 
So if you take the amount of time it takes you to send out a contract, to send out a follow-up email, to send out a receipt, to process a payment, take all those things that you would accomplish for one client, you know, that is, you know, four hours of work that can be automated. You know, if you're paying, you know, 20 bucks an hour, how much money does that save you per year? It's a money issue is really what it comes down to. Yeah, but it's also, you really can frame things how you want to frame them. So some people that are more of that DIY mentality, like to frame things just in dollars. I'm saving this many dollars, and that's all they look at. But it's really, like, for example... I'm not one of those people. <laughs> I just throw money at the problem and hit the road. Basically, any software you get, including my CRM, is less than the cost of a cup of coffee per day. Coffee. Yeah. I mean, wouldn't you give someone a cup of coffee to do all your admin work? Yeah, no kidding. It's just too obvious. But for some reason, some people don't. And I find that those people don't succeed because they're too focused on the wrong things. 